It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the 2016 football season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Jim Stick Schulte, and our guest today is ESPN.com's Andrea Adelson. Andrea, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Thanks for always asking, Wes. I love coming on. And Andrea, I want to get you started on this one. The powerhouses of the ACC, Florida State and Clemson, are again among the favorites to play in the college football playoffs. Is there a scenario where both teams end up with spots? Well, call me crazy, but I have them both in our predictions for the college football playoffs. So, yes, I guess I do think there's a scenario where they both can make it in. A lot of it, obviously, is going to depend on what happens with the other conference champions. The selection committee has been very clear that they are going to give a priority to a conference champion. However, if the win-loss record is not as good for a conference champion as, let's say, a one-loss Florida State or a one-loss Clemson that has a loss to the other and it was a close game, then I do think that there are scenarios where the selection committee might say, boy, Florida State, they played at home, they lost on a last-second field goal to the number one team in the country in Clemson, maybe they should get the nod over a two-loss Ohio State, just as an example out of the Big Ten. Uh, so I don't necessarily think that the ACC teams control their destiny if they lose. But I do think that there will be openings and opportunities because I'm just not sure there are going to be a ton of teams out there this season that end up undefeated or with one loss. And Andrea, one of the biggest storylines with ACC football recently, other than the possibility of two teams in the college football playoffs, is whether the league is going to move to a nine-game conference schedule. What do you see happening here? You know, that's a great question. And every day I go back and forth trying to figure out which way they're leaning. I don't think that people inside the ACC even know right now. I've talked to a couple people recently who said, well, it's going to be a close vote. But they weren't willing to say which way they thought the vote was going to go. (laughs) One thing that uh, I did uh, find out uh, that I think is interesting uh, is if they take the vote and it's deadlocked at 7-7, that means the status quo holds. So that would mean that the league stays at eight conference games plus two Power Five non-conference games. So they don't need a simple majority in this case to make a decision. They can end up deadlocked, and that just means, well, we're going to continue playing eight conference games. The caveat, of course, is they've got to play the two Power Five non-conference instead of just the one, which is the way it is now. Andrea, let's move to the football field now. Who will be the breakout player in 2016 ACC football? I'm going with James Conner. Now, I don't know if he counts as a breakout player because he was ACC Player of the Year in 2014, (laughs) Uh, but everything that this young man has overcome in the last year, uh, he injures his knee in week one, his season is over, and then last December he's diagnosed with lymphoma, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he goes through six months of chemotherapy treatment, and he's back and practicing, and he's ready to play this season, and he is the sentimental choice for me. Uh, as a breakout player. I think if we're looking for somebody maybe who hasn't had the type of reps that James has had in the ACC, I'm looking at Mitch Trubisky at North Carolina. It's interesting because this is the favorite to win the Coastal Division, even though they are losing their starting quarterback from a year ago in Marquise Williams, who did so much for them in the run game and, of course, in the pass game. But I think the automatic assumption is, 
Well, they've got a guy who's been a backup the last couple of years who's played in games. He at least had some game experience. They have so much talent surrounding him that he's just going to step right in there, and North Carolina isn't going to miss a beat. And I think that speaks a lot to who Mitch Trubisky is, what he can bring to the table, and just what people in North Carolina are expecting out of him now that he's their starting quarterback. So we have your breakout player in the ACC. How about ACC team that will surprise us in 2016? Well, I picked Pittsburgh to win the Coastal Division. I'm the only one among the ESPN.com ACC group that picked Pittsburgh. I think a few people nationally may have as well. But um, I like what they have coming back. Uh, They've got the best offensive line in the ACC, at least in my opinion. They've got depth at running back. I mentioned James Conner, but his replacement last year, Quadri Allison, had 1,000 yards. Uh, And they bring back another guy in Rashid Ibrahim who – was lost for last season because of an Achilles. They've got a lot of talent at that position. They've got a veteran quarterback coming back. And defensively, with Pat Narduzzi as the head coach, I think they're going to be a lot better uh, now that the players are more comfortable in this scheme. I think they're going to be able to get more pressure on the quarterback this season. They bring back Juan Price, who got a sixth year. They bring back Jordan Whitehead at safety, who's one of this new crop of players who can go three ways, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, so I like what they have coming back and, and what this team uh, is all about, the, the physical aggressiveness that I think is different than what a lot of other teams play in the ACC. It's a nice change of pace, and uh, I'm just going with a surprise team because in the Coastal Division, there's always some sort of surprise, so why not just go with it? Pittsburgh is a very daring pick, but I think I agree with you there, Andrea. And let's move over to Syracuse for a moment. Did you like the Dino Bapers hiring? I did. I really like the hiring. I think that um, switching now to more of an offensive mentality is good for Syracuse, especially when you look at the trends that have been going on across the country, the emphasis now on offense. I think with the skilled players that are coming back, there is some talent there for Syracuse. And so I think a really defined offensive scheme and game plan is really going to benefit this team. I think that's something that's been lacking here over the last couple of years. He's won everywhere he's been. He's brought in talented, high-quality coaches everywhere he's been. So when you look at the track record alone, I think that he's going to be able to have some success at Syracuse. And and some of the stuff that he's done on social media, I was taking a look today uh, at the videos. Uh, I I went and did the virtual tour of what their new football facility is going to look like. Obviously, they've got an indoor practice facility. They're making a lot of upgrades. Uh, that are needed uh, to that facility. And certainly I think that's going to really help them out in recruiting. And he's already said, look, I don't see why we can't recruit athletes to come here and play at Syracuse. And with his type of offense, I think that's going to be appealing to a lot of recruits, especially those in the South that they're going to want to target to be able to come in and play there. So, Andrew, we'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, You just talked about the improvements that Syracuse has made in facility, new football coach. But for the first season, how do you see Syracuse's season playing out? It's such a difficult schedule for Syracuse uh, this season. I mean, even when you look at the non-conference games, USF is not going to be easy, and neither is UConn. That's a team that was improved uh, a year ago. Of course, Notre Dame uh, is on there, and you've got uh, the powerhouses in the Atlantic Division. So I think Syracuse is going to be a better team, but that might not necessarily be reflected in the win-loss record. Uh, I still think they're going to win between four and five games. Uh, But I do think that we're going to see a better team out there, uh, a team that I think is going to have some fun, a team that I think is going to play in some closer games this year that's going to be more competitive. Uh, And, of course, the caveat with that is 
they got to stay healthy at quarterback, and that's something that's been missing from this team for several years. If they can, and if Eric Dungey's the guy, I think they're able to put up some some points and uh, some yards this year, and uh, I look forward to seeing how it all plays out for Syracuse. Andrea, thank you so much for coming back on the program again. Andrea Adelson from ESPN.com. Great job as always. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to Andrea and reading the ESPN ACC blog, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online senior columnist, Jim Stickschulte. Jim, how are you today? Doing good, Wes. How are you doing? Good, and Jim, your annual football preview is running next week, so let's get a preview of your preview. How do you see the Syracuse offense adjusting to Dino Baper's new up-tempo style? Uh, I think all in all, considering it's a brand-new system for everyone on the roster, uh, the transition should go pretty well. We saw some very positive things in the spring game. There's been some good reports out of uh, out of training camp as well. Uh, I think it'll go pretty well. Uh, with that, with what Eric Dungey showed us at quarterback last year, with his combination of passing and running abilities, I think we'll definitely see him be the starter, especially after he played so well in the spring game. Uh, I also am looking forward to what uh, two uh, sophomore running backs can do. Both Jordan Frederick and Dante Strickland showed the ability to make things happen, break up big plays last year. And I'm actually also very excited to see what Steve Ishmael can do in in an offensive scheme that's going to, frankly, display his talents for everyone to see. He's not exemplary at any particular thing necessarily. Like, he's not a great speed guy, but he just does pretty much everything you want a wide receiver to do, and he does them all very well. Let's move to the defense because the defense is installing a Tampa 2 scheme as opposed to the blitz-heavy disruption scheme of last year. Do you see a lot of growing pains in this transition on this side of the ball? I think there will be more on de- more problems on defense than there will be on offense. Uh, one thing that when you watch NFL broadcasts, they talk more about defensive scheme than they do about college football. And one of the things that they constantly hammered home in the Tampa two defense is the linebackers are bigger. Uh, your safeties, especially in your, in, as far as your de- defensive backs, are bigger, especially taller. Uh, so some of the personnel that's already on the roster is a bit of a mismatch for the Tampa two. Uh, we're we're not going to see the days of Dyshawn Davis running around at 209 pounds at offensive linebacker in a couple years if the Tampa two sticks here at SU. Uh, I know the offensive the outside linebackers usually should run more around 230, and your middle linebackers more around 240, 245. So it's just there are some guys who are, you know, st- as far as stereotypical height and weight goes for the Tampa two, there are some guys who don't fit in well. Uh, Antoine Cordy, who was fantastic last year at strong safety. He's just an undersized guy to play, you know, as opposed to being what is normally desired out of a Tampa 2 safety. But he was a fantastic player, uh, making, especially as far as making impact plays, forcing turnovers and making tackles for loss last year. The other thing that's going to be a problem with uh, the Tampa 2 with this group is it, it normally demands pressure on the opposing quarterback from just the four linemen. Uh, and as has been reported pretty much by every media outlet on the face of the earth, Syracuse does not have any real experience returning <laughs> defensive end this year. That's right. So it'll Zero be interesting snaps. to see. I'm sorry. Zero snaps at the defensive end position returning. Yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the John Wilson, the transfer from Colorado, can do because he he played uh, a little bit in two seasons at Colorado before kind of getting phased out. Uh, Jake Pickard was a highly chased after recruit uh, who actually chose Syracuse and after at one point being a verbal commit to Wisconsin, he was also recruited by Michigan. So he'll have a chance to see if that high uh, recruiting status pays off. It's a a bunch of guys who are going to get a bunch of opportunities and it remains to be seen who, if anyone, can produce. So there could be some significant issues on the defensive side of the ball. So, Jim, I got Andrea's prediction. She said four or five wins for the 2016 team. What do you think? 
Well, the last couple of years, I uh, I got caught up in a little bit of over exuberance. I think for the team. <laughs> I mean, granted, granted, last year Terrell Hunt getting uh, banged up in the fir- was it the first series of the season kind of uh, torpedoed things. Even though Eric Dungey came on and played about as well as you can ask a true freshman to play. Uh, so this year, I'm going to go a little more conservative, uh, especially in light of Dino Baber's constant reminders that it takes time for the system to become second nature for the teams. He, he constantly says it's usually about the midpoint of the second season of the system. It becomes second nature for the guys and becomes a lot better. Um, so at the same point in time, we, we hear all about the tough schedule, you know, Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame, Louisville, we know. So, But at the same time, I think that this team is actually better than what some people are giving it credit for. I do like the five-win prediction. That's right where I am. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not scared of teams in the ACC like Boston College and Wake Forest. Boston College, Syracuse beat last year with a beaten up team that could that had difficulties moving the ball. They beat Wake Forest. I think it's three years in a row, but don't quote me on that. Oh wait, it's recorded. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but so, but with those two games, Colgate and some other opportunities like the game against UConn, South Florida, who you know they'll be looking for a revenge after last year. I do think that five wins are definitely there, and hopefully we'll get a little bit of a pleasant surprise. That sounds great, Jim. I hope you're right. And, Jim, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts? Uh, Even though it is football season around the corner, uh, Syracuse basketball is never far from our mind, especially with the recent reports that Andrew White III is down to Syracuse and VCU for uh, spending his final season of eligibility. Uh, I'm looking forward to this basketball season for one reason, whether or not White does come to Syracuse, it'll be very interesting to see how Bayheim handles the roster in one of, in his, one of his last few seasons on campus. It's a it's an interesting group, but blending new players plus Gillen, who's one transfer, and possibly White, a second guy, guys who were stars of their previous programs, in with a team that doesn't have a whole lot of returning firepower outside of Tyler Lydon. I think just watching how Bayheim handles this roster, regardless of who, if White is there or not, is going to be very interesting to watch. It's always Syracuse basketball season in Syracuse. And my closing thoughts are on Syracuse and Army football, who have agreed to play four games between 2023 and 2026. Syracuse and Army have played 21 times since 1899, and the Orange lead 11-10 in the series, really looking forward to it. That's it for us for Jim Stick-Schulte. This is Wes Chang reminding you that nothing wise was ever printed upon an apron. You've been listening to the Juice and the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off, and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, 
Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.